fellow paranormal aficionados, welcome back to Haunted 518. Today, I'm drinking from Northway Brewing Company, Avenue of the Pines, and it's a New England-style India Pale Ale. Mmm. That's good. It's, uh, FYI, 7.2% alcohol, and the art on it is beautiful. It's a truck basically driving through the Avenue of the Pines. If you don't know what that is, that's in the Saratoga State Park, where the Saratoga Performing Arts Center is, and it's a beautiful drive. It is literally an avenue lined with pine trees, so... I live just a short, maybe 10-15 minutes south of that, and so... Um, I wanted to grab, grab it when I saw it at the store and give it a try. So it's a, it's definitely a, uh, refreshing and typical IPA. It's, it's good. I'm sure if you like IPA, you will absolutely love, um, love it. So today we are going to step outside of the 518 area code, but not by terribly far, but it dawned on me that in my research that, one of the most classic fairy tale stories as told by Disney and many other uh, um, people that there is a major spooky tale that I actually don't know 100% of the history about. So I thought it would be fun to dedicate an episode to it. And honestly, the version I know the best is the Disney version. So it's the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow is an actual town just uh, south of here and just south of the 518. And Terrytown is um, right right there as well. So we're going to delve into that area down in Westchester County. So yeah, so let's get into it. I figured we'd cover the story and then the area and a few other fun little things. So welcome to Westchester County, your first stop heading north to the Hudson Valley from New York City. Made up of five geographical communities and bordering the Hudson River, Westchester is home to historic sites, magnificent gardens, and charming villages like the little town of Sleepy Hollow. Given its famed notoriety thanks to Washington Irving's iconic 1819 tale, explore the legend's lore and some of Sleepy Hollow's most notable hotspots when you visit, like the Headless Horseman Bridge, Old Dutch Church of Sleepy Hollow, and its burying ground, or Sunnyside, the former home of Irving himself. You'll find a place full of intrigue and excitement. Just don't lose your head. So we're going to go ahead and start with um, what inspired the legend of Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. The classic short story is considered an example of early American folklore, but tales of headless horsemen have been around since the Middle Ages. The legend of Sleepy Hollow resurfaces every year around Halloween. Washington Irving's 1820 tale of a headless horseman who terrorizes the real-life village of Sleepy Hollow is considered one of America's first ghost stories, and one of its scariest. But Irving didn't invent the idea of a headless rider. Tales of a headless horseman can be traced to the Middle Ages, including stories from the Brothers Grimm and the Dutch and Irish legend of the Dullahan or Gan Kian, a grim reaper-like rider who carries his head. Elizabeth Bradley, a historian at Historic Hudson Valley, says a likely source for Irving's horsemen can be found in Sir Walter Scott's 1796 The Chase, which is a translation of the German poem The Wild Huntsman by Gottfried Berger and likely based on Norse Norse mythology. 
Irving had just met and became friends with Scott in 1817, so it's very likely he was influenced by his new mentor's work, she says. The poem is about a wicked hunter who is doomed to be a hunter forever by the devil and the dogs of hell as a punishment for his crimes. According to the New York Historical Society, others believe Irving was inspired by an actual Hessian soldier soldier who was decapitated by a cannonball during the Battle of White Plains around Halloween of 1776. Irving's story takes place in the New York village of Sleepy Hollow in Westchester County. In it, lanky newcomer and schoolmaster Ichabod Crane courts Katrina Von Tassel, a young heiress who is also being pursued by the, by the Dutchman Brom Bones. After being rebuffed by Katrina at a party at the Van Tassel farm, where ghost stories are shared, Ichabod is chased by a headless horseman, who may or may not be his rival, who hurls a pumpkin at the man, throwing Ichabod from his horse. The schoolmaster vanishes. Irving may have drawn inspiration for his story while a teenager in the Terrytown region. He moved to the area in 1798 to flee a yellow fever outbreak in New York City, according to the New York Historical Society. He would have been introduced to local ghost stories and lore at an impressionable age, Bradley says. He cleverly weaves together factual locations, the old Dutch church and churchyard, Major Andre's tree, some actual family names, including Van Tassel and Ichabod crane and a little bit of revolutionary war history with pure imagination and fantasy it's a melting pot of a story and thus totally american Franz Potter, a professional at the National University who specializes in Gothic studies, says the Headless Horseman as a supernatural entity represents a past that never dies but always haunts the living. The Headless Horseman supposedly seeks revenge and a head, which he thinks was unfairly taken from him. Potter says this injustice demands that he continually search for a substitute. The Horseman, like the past, still seeks answers, still seeks retribution, and can't rest. We are haunted by the past, which stalks us so that we will never forget. As for folklore mixing with history, when it becomes to the when it comes to the character of Ichabod Crane, the New York Times reports an actual Colonel Ichabod B. Crane was a contemporary of Irving who listed in the who enlisted in the Marines in 1809, serving 45 years. But there's no evidence that the two ever met, according to the newspaper. America's first ghost story has endured because it accommodates the changing American imagination. It inspires people because it reminds them that they are still some there are still some American mysteries, some half-truths that may never fully be known, and that the whole and that's the whole point. The legend itself is to any interpretation the legend lends itself to any interpretation and it continues to fascinate and terrify us in the best possible way so i thought that was a really great way to kick it off kind of find out who wrote the story what was it based off of next i want to delve into those specific places that we um we mentioned like the cemetery and sunny side i want to learn more about them so i figured we would talk about the hauntings associated with them there are also rumored to be quite a few spirits that reside in this haunted new york town as well this beautiful quaint town received an immense amount of publicity when washington irving composed the tale called the legend of sleepy hollow 
Sleepy Hollow as an organized town dates all the way back to the early 1600s. Europeans discovered the area and settled their friends and relatives there. However, it was not until the Dutch arrived that it, that it was given its original name. The settlers elected on the name Slapper Shaven. In translation, that meant Sleeper's Haven. In the year of 1996, the town's name was officially renamed to that by which we know it today. Today, the town is well known for its stories and recollections of residents revolving around mysterious hauntings, as well as the infamous Headless Horseman. While Washington Irving's tale, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, it was a fictional piece, it is important to understand that it was based on facts, tales, and people that are actually a part of the ghost town's haunted history. Um, I did not know that it was only referred to as Sleepy Hollow as recently as 1996, so that's, that's interesting. So there are several hauntings that surround places, people, and events, and the history of this, of this town seems to be preserved in its original state. So the first one is Sparta Cemetery. The Sparta Cemetery is not located directly in Sleepy Hollow, but just outside of it in a place called Scarborough. If you travel the popular Route 9, you will run right into the, this burial ground. Visitors, though, have... who. Visitors and those who have passed by the cemetery have claimed many unusual sightings. These sightings include mists that are completely unexplainable, as well as lights that seem to dance along the ground and float over the graves. Those who have stopped for further investigating have discovered the sounds of voices from which there is no origin in sight. The next is Sunnyside. While an unusual name... Sunnyside is a name for a home in Sleepy Hollow. Washington Irving took over ownership of the structure in the year of 1835. At that time, it was nothing more than a small, ordinary cottage. He and his family worked hard to renovate the structure and took great pride in the final project. This home is beautifully is a beautifully designed structure that sits on the bank of a river, the Hudson to be exact. You can get a good look at the river by a small secret path that leads from the home to the banks of the river. It has been said that apparitions have appeared doing various tasks. It is believed that the nieces of Irving are often seen tidying up the home. Many have claimed to see Irving himself as well. The next is Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. If you would like to visit the grave of the infamous of the famous Washington Irving, you can do so at the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. While there, you can also discover the final resting places of the following famous individuals: Andrew Carnegie, William Rockefeller, Walter Chrysler, and even the notable Elizabeth Arden. It is said that on more than one occasion that an apparition has been seen among the graves. Many who have walked through the cemetery often express the fact that they hear silent whispering which cannot be explained. The next one is the Old Dutch Church and Burial Ground. The burial grounds that are located at the Old Dutch Church are said to be among one of the oldest in all of the United States. It is said that the popular Headless Horseman can be clearly seen making his route through and around these burial grounds. When visiting here, you can see some very popular names on the gravestones. Those included Eleanor Van Tassel Brush, who Washington Irving used as a personality called Katrina from his story. There's also Abraham Markling, who was reflected as the character Brom Bones, who can also be discovered there. And then the last one is Patriots Park. If you go to that area, 
It is between the cities of Sleepy Hollow and Terrytown. You'll discover this park. During the American Revolutionary War, the Americans captured a soldier that was of a Hessian, Hessian descent. He was immediately executed by way of beheading. An apparition that lacks a head is often said to linger throughout the park grounds. Irving took this legend of the soldier, and that is his headless character for his tale. So that's interesting to delve into them. I wanted to um, also just talk about uh, uh, an article that I found from patch.com entitled Where the Ghosts Are. And it's uh, written by a British ghost investigator who called Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow the most haunted place in the world. And this was written back in uh, 2011 and the investigation was done in 2005. Um, for ghost hunters and tourists looking to visit places where ghosts are believed to reside, here are 25 leads in that area. So a British ghost investigator named Dean James Maynard visited Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow in the summer of 2005 and called the area the most haunted place in the world. Who and where are the ghosts? Here are a guide to the apparitions and places where they reportedly reside. So the first one, Washington Irving, and some of these obviously we've kind of, we've already delved into. He was the first American writer to gain old world respect and recognition for the new world literature. He brought consciousness of fantasy ghosts and goblins and the supernatural to the American fiction. He experienced periods of gloom and obsession with death during his lifetime. His ghost has reportedly been seen in a window of a bedroom that faces the Hudson River and also in his study located on the east side of Sunnyside Cottage away from the river. The next one is Washington Irving's fiance, Matilda Hoffman. Irving's shy and beguiling fiance is said to haunt a trove of trees from which she watches Irving's cottage. She died on April 26, 1809 at the age of 17 from complications that led from a cold that led to consumption. And that's around the Sunnyside Cottage as well. The five caring nieces of Washington Irving are the next ones. They were the daughters of Irving's elder brother, Ebenezer. After the visitors are gone, they still tidy the house, uh, the cottage, Sunnyside Cottage. The fourth is the woman who ate green apples. A young woman suffering from a lost love wandered through the orchard, ate too many green apples, died and stayed as a ghost, according to Washington Irving III, great-great-grandnephew of Washington Irving on the Sunnyside Cottage property. The next one is the Headless Horseman, a mercenary Hessian trooper. Washington Irving's famous character was a mercenary Hessian trooper whose head was blown away by a cannonball during the revolution. He returns at night to the scene of the battle. Take cover if you hear hoofbeats. And that's in Sleepy Hollow. The next one, Abraham Martling, Washington Irving's inspiration for Brom Bones, is said to be seen at the old Dutch burying ground in Sleepy Hollow. Um, The next one, same thing in the same uh, burying ground, Eleanor Van Tassel, which was the model for Katrina Van Tassel in Irving's story. And the next one is Baltus Van Tassel, the father of Eleanor Van Tassel Brush, uh, also said to be seen at the old Dutch burying ground. The next one is Samuel Young's Washington Irving's model for Ichabod Crane. He was a school teacher and a later a lawyer. Ichabod Crane was met by the headless horseman in the vicinity of Patriots Park. The route of their chase has been guessed at 
but the timber bridge has long been since gone. An existing bridge called the Headless Horseman Bridge over the Pocantico River at North Broadway, identified by a metal blue sign with yellow lettering, is not where the encounter took place. This bridge was erected around 1912, and that's close to the old Dutch burying ground also. The next one is Henry Hudson and his Half Moon crew. The, and the Half Moon was Henry, Henry Hudson's um, ship. If you don't know that, I'm sure most people living around the immediate area, Clifton Park Half Moon, know that. Uh, but that's why Half Moon is named Half Moon, because that was Henry Hudson's ship. The ghosts of Henry Hudson and his crew play nine pins upstate at Catterskill Falls, where Rip Van Winkle napped for 20 years and missed the American Revolution. That's a long trip, but visitors can see the bronze statue of a reclining life, life-size Rip Van Winkle in Irvington. Hudson's crew haunts Catterskill Falls and the Catskill Mountains. The statue, however, is on Main Street next to the Town Hall in Irvington, New York. The next ghost is Revolutionary War Major John Andre. Andre. Major John Andre was caught by three American militiamen with papers describing the defenses at West Point. His conspiracy with Benedict Arnold exposed, he was sentenced to death by hanging. Angry at both the Americans for denying his request to be executed by firing squad and the British for refusing an offer of exchange for Benedict Arnold, he died in rage. The go- his ghost is said to roam Patriot's Park where he can be heard reciting a poem he penned that was published in the, River- in the Riverton's Gazette on the day he would ca- was captured. In the poem he wrote, what hero could refuse to tread the rugged path to fame? That's in Patriot's Park in Terrytown. The next ghost, Brigadier General Anthony Wayne. He carried out the order to hang Major Andre. He was the commander of the American forces assigned to patrol the Hudson River. His ghost is said to haunt the riverfront, but out of respect for Andre's ghost, it carefully avoids Patriot Park. The next one is Hulda the Witch, an immigrant from Bohemia, the shunned and feared by her Terrytown neighbors. She fired on British troops with deadly accuracy during the American Revolution. After killing many redcoats, she fell mortally wounded. Later, her neighbors discovered in a will in her home, leaving her money and possessions of to the windows to the widows of patriots who died during the war. And she's said to be seen in the old Dutch burying ground. The next one is Captain Kidd, who was lived from 1654 to 1701. A notorious pirate whose golden buried treasure is still sought, some of which may have been murried, buried along the Hudson River. His ship stopped at or near Terrytown, where he had dealings with his wealth, wealthy local merchants. He was hanged by the British on May 23rd in 1701. The exact location where he haunts is unknown, but he is known to haunt uh, somewhere within the area. The next one is the crew of Captain Kidd's pirate ship, the Adventure Galley. When Captain Kidd buried gold and other loot, his crew members drew lots. The losers were killed and their bodies were placed on top of the treasure chests to repel intruders. As ghosts, they remain fierce sentries destined to guard Kidd's treasures forever. The next one is a woman mistaken as Captain Kidd's bride. 
She was captured in Terrytown, tried for piracy, and executed. She is believed to be either a traveler who booked passage to Terrytown looking for work, or a slave or servant intended for a rich merchant. Her ghost proclaims her innocence as she waits for the vessel that brought her to Terrytown, believing it is coming to her rescue, and that's along the Terrytown's river's edge. The next one is the pirate whose skull was battered by Captain Kidd. In a fit of rage, Captain Kidd killed a member of his crew by striking him with an iron water bucket. Kidd was hung for the murder of the sailor, not for piracy, and he's said to haunt Terrytown's river's edge. The next one is an intoxicated villager. He was a local resident who lost his balance and drowned while attempting to navigate his rowboat across the Tappan Zee. Boaters say he often waves to passing vessels on the Terrytown waterfront. The next one is five young women slain by a mad monk. Five innocent young women, believed to be virgins, died at the hands of a mad monk, and that is in Terrytown near Sunnyside Cottage they're said to be seen. The next one is the mad monk himself, accused of murdering the five young women. Before he could be tried, the monk was killed by a house servant, the lover of one of the five women, who then sealed the monk's body in the manor's walls. The house was owned by John Jacob Astor, a close friend of Washington Irving, and at one time the richest man in America. And um, the monk is said to uh, haunt in Terrytown near Sunnyside Cottage. The next one is the Armor Steiner House's Odiferous Guest. The ghost exudes an exquisite and unidentifiable fragrance, according to a passage in a book written by a poet and historian, Carl Carmer, best known for his autobiographical book, Stars Fell in Alabama. The ghost's identity is unknown, but it is believed to be either Aleko E. Lilius, a Finnish writer and explorer, or the woman he cohabitated with, a 20th century lady pirate who made a fortune plundering vessels in the China Seas. Theories have also arisen that the ghost is Paul J. Armour, the New York banker who built the house in 1860, or Joseph Steiner, a wealthy tea merchant who bought, tea merchant who bought it in 1872. An eight-sided do- domed colonnaded structure in Irvington built in 1860 and resembling a classic Roman temple. The next one is Sybil Harris King, known as the Apparition in White. She was the daughter of Benjamin Newton Duke, co-founder of the American Tobacco Company, and she has been heard pacing up and down the second floor hallways of the King House in Terrytown. She was married to Frederick King, son of Thomas King, vice president of the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad, the country's first major railroad. She died in 1955, located on the grounds of the 26-acre Terrytown House Estate and Conference Center. The next one was the is the woman who froze to death at Raven Rock. She lost her way during a storm and became trapped by blinding snowdrifts in the hill behind the rock. Her wailing, similar to the sound of the wind, warns travelers not to seek safety here. Raven Rock is a precipitous outcrop on Buttermilk Hill located on the Rockefeller Estate. The next one is the Indian maiden who died at Raven Rock. She fell or leaped to her death from Raven Rock when pursued by Tory raiders. In another version of the story, it is said she was fleeing a jealous admirer. Um, The next and last one is the engineer of Lincoln's funeral train. 
It is said that once a year in April, in April, a 14-car black funeral train with a ghost at the throttle sounds a deafening whistle as it approaches Sunnyside. The piercing sound wakes Irving's ghosts as the train chugs toward Terrytown, carrying Abraham Lincoln's body, just as his funeral train did in 1865 when it traveled from New York City to Buffalo and eventually to Springfield, Ohio, a Lincoln's final burying place. So, um, that's fascinating, very detailed with the specific people and where, um, I thought that was really, really fun. Um, so the next one I wanted to talk about was just, um, 10 places to visit in Sleepy Hollow, the most haunted town in America. The first one is Phillipsburg Manor. Phillipsburg Manor is a trip back in time, more precisely to 1750, and there's a paid tour you can take to experience it to the fullest. The property used to be occupied by European farmers and 23 enslaved Africans, whose lives you can learn more about during the tour. Um, It looks old, so it would be fascinating to go there. And then Washington Irving Sunnyside is the next one. Um, it's a beautiful cottage, so I'll definitely post photos of it. It's the residence where wa- the writer Washington Irving, author of The Headless Horseman Tale, lived during the mid-19th century. So next I wanted to mention a book that I found, and it's called The Chronicles of Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow. Um, you can relive the tall tales and spine-tingling legends behind the valley's most chilling, thrilling, and locations along the Hudson River. Um, when it comes to folktale and folktales and lore, the Hudson Valley is legendary. From Rip Van Winkle in the Catskill Mountains to UFO sightings and Pine Plains, the valley has more than its fair share of otherworldly locations. Nowhere is this more obvious than Sleepy Hollow in Terrytown, thanks to Washington Irving's legend of Sleepy Hollow, the Westchester locals have developed quite the reputation for chills and thrills. Around Halloween time, rumors of headless horseman sightings surge amid visits to Phillipsburg Manor and Irving's Sunnyside, Irving Sunnyside home. Were those sounds just bumps in the night, or could they have been the rumbles of the horseman's steed on a moonlit, moonlit escapades across the valley? With tall tales, tales galore in the region, the book Chronicles of Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow by Edgar Mayhew Bacon explores the history and legends that define the Hudson Valley to this day. After its original published date in 1897, the book was reprinted at least seven times before disappearing from shelves for over a century. Thanks to Warwick's HVA Press, which grants Hudson Valley readers a sneak peek into the page turner, it's readily available once more. Um, Chronicles begins with a foreword by Hudson Valley storyteller Jonathan Crook, who observes, Anyone bewitched by the headless horseman and all the spirits surrounding him will find solace when seeking the stories at the source of Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow. So I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that book because that sounds, um, sounds fascinating. And then the next thing I wanted to delve into was uh, Sleepy Hollow's lesser known ghost story, The Curse of the Bronze Lady in New York. So not far from a headless horseman bridge in Sleepy Hollow is a crypt where a larger than life woman cast in bronze is still waiting. Um, so at this point, I'm actually going to turn the mic over to um, uh, 
Peter D. Kramer, who is tells the story for the Gannett Atlantic Region Audio, and um, I wanted to play this little clip from USA Today News that I found in an article that I thought would be really fun to um, to listen to. So I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen to this ghostly tale about the bronzed lady. Sleepy Hollow, New York is famous for Washington Irving's story of the headless horseman and poor Ichabod Crane. But there's another story the local high school kids have told for generations, a story that can send shivers up their spines. It takes place up the road from Headless Horseman Bridge in Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. Sarah Masha heard it. She's now the executive director of the Historical Society of Sleepy Hollow and Terrytown. But when she was growing up, like any kid at Sleepy Hollow High School, she knew the story of the Bronze Lady. With background added to Masha's recollection, it goes something like this. There was a Civil War general named Samuel Thomas who had made millions in coal and railroads after the war. When he died in 1903, his widow, Anne, had him laid to rest in a mausoleum at the top of Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. Anne didn't think a mausoleum was enough to mark the memory of her millionaire husband. She wanted something more. She wanted a sculpture to adorn Samuel's grave. She reached out to Andrew O'Connor Jr., a top sculptor of the day. O'Connor's creation was larger than life, a bronze woman seated across from the general's crypt. The bronze lady was huge. Her large hands cupped her left knee. Her bare right foot poked from beneath her gown. Her lips were pursed. Her eyes were downcast. She looked sad, mournful, waiting. The widow Thomas was not happy with O'Connor's finished product. She told the sculptor that it was too depressing. She was hoping for something happier. The sculptor got to work and made a happier head. And when he showed it to his client, she too was happy. That's more like it. But the arrogant artist threw the happy head to the floor, smashing it. He told the widow he would never add it to his sculpture, and he never did. When Anne Thomas was entombed next to her husband in 1944, having lived to nearly 100 years old, mourners passed by the bronze lady she had insulted. Maybe it was that insult that led to the bronze lady's reputation for spookiness, as if she wanted to add injury to her insult. It could have been the somber look on her face. It could have been the threat of being caught in a graveyard at night that added a fright factor. But whatever the case, the bronze lady proved irresistible to local kids who would hang out in the cemetery at night back in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s. Sarah Masha says the story of the bronze lady has evolved over the years, depending on which kid was explaining the curse. One story says if you hop up in the bronze lady's lap, then jump down, spin around three times and look at her, then you're cursed or not cursed. Another story says if you hop up in the bronze lady's lap and then go and peek into the keyhole in the mausoleum door, you'd maybe see a ghost. Still, another said if you touched her face, you'd invite a curse. Or if you insulted the sad statue, you'd risk bad luck. 
Masha, whose job is separating fact from fiction, won't go so far as to call the curse of the bronze lady a bunch of hooey. She said, quote, as far as when it started, how it started, whether it's real or not, if you believe it's real, it's real, unquote. Not knowing is what kept Sleepy Hollow's most daring teenagers coming back. Will I get cursed by this? Will I see a ghost? That was the thrill of going to the cemetery to see the bronze lady. And the more you believe in it, the better the thrill. Sleepy Hollow has become Halloween central with lantern tours of the cemetery and performances of the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Nighttime feels a lot safer when there's a lantern tour. But there are people who share the story that back in the day, they had the guts to sit in the bronze lady's lap and they lived to tell the tale. So I hope you enjoyed that fun little story. Um, I thought that was fun to be able to listen to someone else tell tell the, the lore, the history and the lore behind the bronze lady. Um, so next I wanted to delve into the legend of Sleepy Hollow at Walt Disney World just because this was the, the main version that I was familiar with growing up. Um, so I thought this was an interesting article. Primarily animated by Wooly Reitherman and John Sibley in the Disney film, the horseman is an imposing figure colored in deep black, scarlet, fierce purples, and livid magentas to heighten its dramatic appearance. Some Disney fans didn't, didn't realize the color scheme was based on the concept art of Mary Blair and John Hench. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is a short story by American writer Washington Irving that was first published in 1820. Based on a German folk tale, Irving transplanted it to upstate New York in 1790. Uh, most people know the tale of the scarecrow-like schoolteacher Ichabod Crane, who takes a job teaching in a one-room schoolhouse in Sleepy Hollow and is a rival for the affection of local beauty Katrina Von Trassel with the bully Brom Bones. Highly superstitious, Ichabod is scared one night at a party with the tale of the headless horseman who rides the area looking for a new head to replace the one he lost to a cannonball. Later that evening, he encounters the apparition. Sleepy Hollow is the, actually the name of the valley near a small rural community that was founded in the 17th century by people of Dutch descent. North Terrytown is located in Westchester County, about 25 miles north of Midtown Manhattan in New York City. In 1996, the town officially changed its name to Sleeping Hollow, and Washington Irving is buried there. Working on an adaptation of the tale as a possible animated feature started at Disney in the early 1940s, but it was put on hold along with other features in development because of World War II. After the war, the studio was financially struggling from the effects of diminished revenue during World War II, so Walt decided to pair their story with another adaptation being developed, The Wind and the Willows, The Adventure of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. To further the increase the to further increase the possibilities of financial success, Walt decided to have the stories told by celebrity narrators. Actor Basil Rathbone's distinctive British voice would tell the tale of writer Kenneth Graham's Mr. Toad and his misadventures, while popular singer Bing Crosby would lighten up some of the frightening aspects of Ichabod's story, especially with some of his well-known unscripted ad-libs like nicknaming the lead character Old Icky. 
The Legend of Sleepy Hollow was released on its own to theaters as a 33-minute featurette in September 1963. This was the same edit presented on the Disney Weekly television series and the one that most people are familiar with today. To capture the authentic feeling of the Hudson Valley country, Walt Disney personally invited, personally visited the region around Terrytown. The film depicts accurate details of clothing, buildings, and landscape. The church shown during the opening narration was drawn to look like the old, the actual old Dutch church built in the late 1660s in the Sleepy Hollow area. Ironically, the Disney animated featurette is considered one of the most faithful adaptations of the Irving story especially depicting Echabod as a glutton and a greedy opportunist. However, that doesn't mean that Disney didn't add its own little embellishments to the story, but essentially still stayed true to the spirit of the original. While the original story implies that it is Brom Bones who disguises himself as the Headless Horseman, the Disney film suggests that Ichabod might have actually met a supernatural phantom. After all, Ichabod looks down the neck of the menacing rider and sees nothing but blackness. He hears the horrifying laugh of the horseman provided by Billy Bletcher, who also did the voices for the Big Bad Wolf and Peg Leg Pete. In the original story, the horseman throws a pumpkin, while in the Disney version, it's a flaming jack-o'-lantern. In fact, this was the first time that a jack-o'-lantern rather than a regular pumpkin was connected to the horseman. The headless horseman is such a powerful image that over the decades, there have been multiple attempts to include him in the Disney theme parks. On October 16, 1957, Imagineer Ken Anderson submitted to Walt a concept for the haunted house at Disneyland that included this frightening finale with guests looking out a huge window from inside the house. Commence with a windy moonlit night with the reflection of the moon on the bayou beyond the graveyard. The clouds will obscure the moon and distant flashes of lightning and sounds of thunder will be heard. While the sky is darkening, the ghostly apparition of the headless horseman will fade into view or appear from behind a distant tree and gallop towards the graveyard and house from right from right to left foreground. He will disappear behind some trees to the left, but the sound of his horse's approaching hoofbeats will continue to grow louder. Suddenly, he bursts into view in the courtyard just outside the windows and gallops across from left to right, reigning to a noisy halt just out of view below the balcony on our right. Next, a bolt of lightning against the sky and a werewolf's howl will signal the appearance of ghosts rising from the tombs, first one and then two and more, until ghosts are materializing from the earth around the tombs as well as the tombs themselves. First is a projection with Ub, Ub Iwerks special loop projector using Kronar-based films. Second part is a fluorescent Japanese silk cape on a wire frame and moved by an aluminum arm from above past the windows. Match the color to the projected image. The concept was abandoned when the attraction ceased being a walking tour and became a ride with doom buggies that's, so that scenes had to cycle through any action quickly. When Liberty Square was being built at the Magic Kingdom in 1970, Imagineer Tony Baxter pitched the idea of a dark ride based on the legend of Sleepy Hollow to help transition the intersection of from Fantasyland to Liberty Square. Guests would have ridden in a hollowed-out spinning jack-o'-lantern through a variety of scenes from the story until the final confrontation with the Headless Horseman. 
However, references to the famous Irving story did make it to the did make it into Liberty Square. The exterior architecture of the Sleepy Howl Hollow food and beverage location at the entrance to Liberty Square is based on the tiny two-room cottage that writer Irving purchased on 10 acres along the bank of the Hudson River in Terrytown, New York, named Sunnyside. Irving spent many years remodeling and expanding the residence, com- combining elements of colonial New York architecture and buildings he knew in Scotland and Spain. He named it Sunnyside in 1841, and history shows that it was usually busy with lots of friends and families. Sunnyside is now a museum in Terrytown. The Sleepy Hollow food and beverage location at Walt Disney World offers a souvenir plastic stein with the image of Ichabod on one side and the Headless Horseman on the other. When the shop building opposite of the Hall of Presidents was converted and reopened in February 1996 as Ye Old Christmas Shop, one of the new stores was devoted to music. Outside the music shop was a sign stating, Music and Voice Lessons by Appointment, Ichabod Crane Instructor, a profession that Ichabod did to earn some additional money from his regular teaching assignment. The ominous headless horseman rides from Frontierland to Main Street, USA in advance of each performance of Mickey's Boo to You Halloween Parade as part of the separately ticketed Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. (laughs) Khan, named after Mulan's horse in the animated feature Mulan in 1998, is half perch-drawn and half thoroughbred, and the horse is primarily used as the headless horseman's horse at Halloween. Another horse, Ike, who was originally used by the Walt Disney World Headless Horseman was adopted out to a family in Texas who now takes care of him. In addition, during the Halloween season starting in 2017, the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground offered Return to Sleepy Hollow, including a group viewing of the 1949 Disney animated film inside the resort's Tricircle D Ranch stables. During event nights, guests got to see galloping ghosts and experience an up-close and personal encounter with the Headless Horseman. For several years during the Halloween season, Fort Wilderness offered a roughly 15-minute haunted hayride that was a spooky trip through the swamps down along Bay Lake, with the climax being a close encounter with the Headless Horseman. Then it became haunted carriage rides in 2008 and then was completely discontinued after 2012. The film was the last of the notorious package films Disney produced like Melody Time, Make Mind Music, and Fun and Fancy Free after the war to save time and money by using multiple different sequences rather than telling one long story. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow remains a popular Halloween film and with just the right balance of humor and horror and the story has found a three-dimensional home at Walt Disney World. But on Halloween you better beware as the song states. Ghosts are bad but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. They say he's tired of his flaming top. He's got a yen to make a swap. So he rides one night a year to find a head in the hollow here. With a hip, a hip, and a hip, and a clippity-clop, he's out looking for a top to chop. So don't stop to figure out a plan. You can't reason with a headless man. <laughs> so I thought that was a fun way to just, like, talk about the Disney version of it. And then I just wanted to mention two quick things that are in the area. So in Ulster Park, New York, there's something called the Headless Horseman. And um, 
It is basically a uh, like interactive haunted walking trail and it has nine additional attractions also. So that's in Ulster, New York and it's called uh, The Headless Horseman. And, um, and then lastly, I just wanted to mention that burrowsofthedead.com, um, Burrows of the Dead, which uh, covers um, many places in New York, uh, they have a page called Real Sleep, The Real Sleepy Hollow. So um, burrowsofthedead.com slash Hollow is um, definitely something that's worth looking at. It's just their version of everything that we've talked about, but they're a fun a fun and really well-researched and put-together organization for all things spooky um, So in the area. So I just wanted to make sure I mentioned them. So I hope you enjoyed that little trip through this uh, really well-known tale. I definitely learned some information about some other ghosts I didn't know that haunted Sleepy, Town, Sleepy Hollow and Terrytown area. Um, as always, I just wanted to mention the websites I got my information from. HauntedHistoryTrail.com, History.com, hauntedplacestogo.com, patch.com, hvmag.com, usatoday.com, allears.net, and headlesshorseman.com, which is headlesshorseman.com is the haunted walk in Ulster County, and then burrowsofthedead.com slash real sleepy hollow. And Af- in, after the slash in the real sleepy hollow it's real dash sleepy dash hollow if you want to look that up um, I'll post it on our social media so I hope you guys enjoyed this little trip in the sleepy little trip south of the 518 in the sleepy hollow area to learn a little bit more about who haunts down there and about this uh, famous uh, tale that we all grew up her- hearing about and watching. So yeah, on that note, cheers, and as always, happy haunting.